Thanks for joining us today for Gather Women Better Together. We love to feature stories on our podcast of women just like you, who are just real people who are trying to love God and love people right where they are. And so today we're going to talk to our friend Summer Sneed, who is serving on the mission field in Kenya. She's just going to tell a little bit about herself and her story. So thanks so much for joining us today, Summer. Um, I'd love for you just to share a few things about who you are. Thank you, Whitney. Um, So yeah, I'm Summer. And as you said, I'm a missionary with the IPHC, serving with my husband, Kevin, in Eloret, Kenya. We've been there for the past 13 years uh, with our two kids, Abby and Nate, who are nine and six. I grew up IPHC as a pastor's kid, so I'm very familiar with our church, and it's uh, been a part of who I am my entire life. And then I attended IPHC uh, Emmanuel College, Mm -hmm. and that's where Kevin and I met. And I actually studied to be a middle grades teacher while I was there. But my freshman year at Emmanuel, I had the opportunity to go on a missions trip to Kenya, and it completely changed my life. And while I was on that trip, I always felt I would return there one day. Mm -hmm. I wasn't exactly sure how it was going to work out and how God would open the doors, but here we are. And I'm really grateful to the Lord for the life he's called us to. Awesome. Did Kevin feel called, like, how did that work with you guys going together to the mission field? Did he feel called to missions as well? Was that something that developed after you got married? How did that work? So it's very interesting. I went on a missions trip in 2004, and he also went on a trip later in 2007. Okay. And so we went separately to Kenya, and on those separate trips, God called us individually. Neat. And I love that about our relationship because... Whenever there's difficult times and difficult seasons, I can't say, oh, well, I came to Kenya with this guy. <laughs> the Lord is very uh, uh, encouraging to remind me, no, I called you as well. And I called you first, actually. So you're here because I called you here, not just to be with Kevin. Yeah. So that's an encouragement to me. That's neat. Okay. So you said you had two kids. Um, both of those kids have been born since you've been on the mission field. So tell us a little bit what it's like um, raising a family. Um, not in America. (laughs) It's actually been a really great experience. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that the Lord uh, saw fit that our kids would grow up in Kenya. They were Mm -hmm. both born there. So they have Kenya birth certificates and Uh. we had to apply for their citizenship. Um, (laughs) So that was an interesting thing. And at first I wasn't sure how it was going to be. I remember when I was pregnant with Abby, I had a lot of questions in my mind, like, like all moms do, like, am I ready for this? And how am I going to raise my kids? Mm -hmm in a culture that's not my home culture. And I remember the Lord just said to me very sweetly, but very strongly, when I called you to Kenya, I had your children in mind. And don't let unnecessary fear keep uh, them from learning what I want to teach them as they grow up in Kenya. And so that's kind of been my mommy mantra um, as a parent and raised them in Kenya. Like, don't limit what God wants to teach them yeah. um, as they grow up. And it's been a wonderful experience. Kenya is a great place to raise kids. Mm. There's a much more community mindset about raising kids. Yeah. And I'm just really grateful for the experiences the kids are having at a much younger age that I didn't experience until I was an adult. Yeah. So just knowing that those are seeds that God is planting for mm-hmm. whatever their future might be. It's kind of exciting to me. Yeah, that's awesome. So talk to us a little bit about the work that you guys do in Kenya. Maybe what did what did it look like when you first went over there and kind of how has that developed through the years? So when we 
uh, arrived in Kenya in 2009. We were there to help assist with teaching at East Africa Bible College. And this is a school that was started in the IPHC back in the 80s. And we were there just to be the new teachers to help with the directors that were there at that time. And we also had plans to be involved in youth ministry in the local churches. But as time developed, the director that was there when we moved there decided to retire and uh, Kevin was asked to be the new director. And so um, for the past 10, 11 years, that's been our primary uh, ministry is directing that school, training men and women who are called into ministry um, to do what God's called them to do. Because the reality is um, most of the evangelism and the work in the local church is going to be best done by mm. Kenyan people. Yes. And they just need the training mm -hmm. and the, the resources in order to do that. And so that's what we try to offer at the Bible College. Yeah. So you And you also do some work with girls' ministry. So talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. I'm really fortunate to work with women in Kenya to reach the girls of Kenya because uh, women and girls face a lot of hardship and struggle, like all women and girls do, mm -hmm. but particularly uh, in Kenya, women and girls face a lot of um, hardships, and they just need the truth of the gospel, that mm -hmm. Jesus cares about them, and he loves them, and he sees all the things that they pass through, and he wants to bring them hope and healing. And so I work with women to develop girls' ministry in their local churches. Mm -hmm. We do that through curriculum development and local trainings. And before COVID, we were having you know girls' retreats for girls mm -hmm. from uh, different regions to come and um, just be encouraged through the gospel. Yeah. And it, since COVID, I've been <clears throat> able to sort of focus on a local group of single moms in mm -hmm. our community. And that's been a very enriching mm -hmm. and eye-opening experience for me. Yeah. You and I were talking just a little bit before the podcast, just about women in general. And um, if the needs of women, I guess the core needs of women, what those look like in Africa versus um, America, share just a little bit about what you see are the greatest felt needs of women and how that connects worldwide to women. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, the women in Kenya need to know that what they're passing through matters to God. Mm. Um, I think in a lot of areas of their life, women feel like it doesn't matter. They're not seen. They, they don't always have a voice. Mm. Um, but I think the hope of the gospel empowers women um, in Kenya and girls who face um, just really difficult things. And I, I think one thing that women's ministry does offer women is a place to be seen and heard mm -hmm. and to be discipled. Mm -hmm. And thankfully in the IPHC, women have the opportunity to be in ministry full-time and be in ministry leadership. And mm -hmm. I think that's a very counter-cultural thing uh, in a lot of places still. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's neat. Um, so this season, we are really this year, we are talking about flourishing um, and how we feel like the Lord is calling women to flourish. But flourish does not um, look a certain way and it doesn't look the same for everyone. And we know that in the process of um, plants and trees growing and thriving and bearing fruit, there's a lot that goes into that. And sometimes um, we come against hardships and we come against hard things um, that have to be overcome for fruit to come forth. So when we talk about flourishing, women can be in many different stages of that. So I think sometimes um, we don't always feel like we're growing. We don't always <laughs> feel like we're bearing fruit, yeah. um, but we are all in that process. So I'd love for you just to share a little bit about where maybe you are currently um, 
and what season you're in. Yeah. Uh, it's <laughs> funny because, uh, and I mentioned this to you, when you asked me to, to be part of this podcast, <laughs> I immediately thought, oh gosh, the, the theme is flourishing. And uh, I, I have to say, honestly, I don't always feel like I'm flourishing. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I'm flourishing as a mom, mm -hmm. um, as a missionary. Um, and I think it's because we have this idea of what flourishing should look like yeah. and what it should feel like. Mm -hmm. And for me, I just know that a lot of times I don't feel like I'm flourishing. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm surviving day to day mm -hmm. and at, at the risk of sounding very disappointing. <laughs> um, but I think about when you think about flourishing and even the scripture from Psalms, that's our focus for women's ministry. It's mm -hmm. like this flourishing palm tree. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, I feel like most days, like uh, what Isaiah 42 says, um, a bruised reed <laughs> and a smoldering wick. But the encouragement is that Jesus doesn't despise that. Yeah. And I think in my current season of life, that's the constant. It's like, despite how I feel mm -hmm. and despite what I see or don't see mm -hmm. happening in my life, um, as a woman, as a mother, as a missionary, I just have the assurance that Jesus is with me. Jesus yeah. gives me strength for day to day. Mm -hmm. And even if I don't see things flourishing, even if I don't feel things flourishing, I can look back at where God's brought me from and see flourishing in moments where I still feel the same way I do now. <laughs> yeah. And that's what gives me the hope to just take it day by day. And, you know, we, we say God does the work mm -hmm. and we believe that, but I think in the moments where we don't always see or feel the results of our faith, it's hard to remember that. Yeah. Um, so I would say coming to the end of a term on the mission field and having you know, a time of furlough to sort of recharge and reset and mm -hmm. think about the future. Um, yeah, honestly, I, I wouldn't call it a, a flourishing time, but I just have a piece that God's working good mm -hmm. um, and he has been working good and he will work good. And yeah. I'll see the that. goodness of the Lord yeah, in exactly. the land of the living. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yes, that's awesome. Um, and I think that's so, so relatable. I mean, we're all goodness, the last few years has done a number on us, I think, yeah, as women, as a, as a people, and it's a shared experience because it's something we've all experienced. Um, and so thanks for, for sharing that. What do you think is, um, have you found things that have been most helpful to you during seasons where you feel like you're not thriving? Like what's the best way the church can come alongside people who are in seasons of feeling like they're not <laughs> flourishing. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great question. Um, I like to joke around a lot. So I, I would <laughs> say one thing that has helped me flourish is, um, and this is very practical is, uh, setting the coffee pot the night before, mm. um, so that it's like one less thing I have to do <laughs> in the morning with the kids and funny memes. Those keep me going. Yes. Um, but seriously, I think practically speaking, the way the church can help those of us who don't always feel flourishing is just to create space mm. that we can say that out loud. Yes. And it's not a shocking thing mm -hmm. or a disappointing thing. It's mm -hmm. someone will sit with you and say, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Like it is part of the faith journey. Mm -hmm. Don't despair. Don't get discouraged. Um, just keep moving forward. I think that's what helps us. That's what's helped me. It's yeah. being able to find other women in my life to say, send a text or have a phone call and mm -hmm. say, yeah, this is a tough season, mm -hmm. you know, and 
ask you how you're really doing and be prepared for an answer that's not, you know, cookie all, cutter, beautiful, yeah, you know, <laughs> all roses and unicorns, you know? Yeah. So I think that's how the church women's ministry can practically reach yeah. other women who aren't feeling like they're flourishing, mm-hmm. even when it's our theme for the year. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm reading through a book right now called Liturgy of the Ordinary, and it's mm-hmm. it's basically just just these faithful practices. I thought of it when you talked about the coffee pot, but just <laughs> faithful practices. It's, it's the quote, long obedience in the same direction. It doesn't yes. mean that it's you're always going to feel like you are accomplishing great things. and But sometimes it's just about staying faithful every day. Um, sometimes that's little practical things like setting a coffee pot because it yeah. makes you feel productive. Um, um, and when that adds up over time, um, obviously the coffee pot isn't like a deeply spiritual. No, <laughs> um, coffee is very spiritual. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Great <laughs> argument there. Um, but it is, you know, if you're not in a season of really feeling it, if you're not feeling the Lord, if you don't feel him speaking to you, still sitting down and opening up your Bible every day, still spending time in his word, still sending, spending time in prayer. Um, it's, a, it's important for those seasons where you're struggling. Um, and it doesn't make you any less Christian <laughs> or, you know, these, it's okay to acknowledge that it's, it's tough. You know, yeah. it, it's the good heart of life, the messy middle, um, where we might not be on the mountaintop, where we might not be in full bloom, but we're in process. Um, so yeah, thanks exactly. for being real about that. No, of course. And I think, again, the encouragement is even in this season, I have never felt that Jesus wasn't far away. Ah, you know, it's, it's always a daily choice. Mm-hmm. I can lean in uh, to his word and to his presence. And there are days I don't, <laughs> but there's a difference. Yeah. And he's, when I'm willing to come and sit at his feet, you know, open his word and just listen to what he says. He's not very far away. And yeah. that's, um, he's a lot kinder to me than I can be to myself. Mm. And I think that's what's helped me take it day by day in yeah. this season, for sure. When you felt called to the mission field and when you and Kevin were in the beginning of that process of planning to go overseas, um, what did that feel like? Did it feel overwhelming? Did it feel, how did you feel in that season? It's funny because as I look back on it, it seems like a massive like whirlwind, graduate from college, get married, move to the mission field. Within the course of maybe a year and a half, uh, a lot of major life changes. And I feel more overwhelmed thinking about it <laughs> now, looking back, than yeah. I did in the moment. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just another um, testimony of God's grace. That mm-hmm. We were in his plan and he was upholding us, upholding me in mm-hmm. particular during all that. So there were moments where it did feel overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um But when he called me to Kenya, I remember it wasn't this big, overwhelming, emotional feeling. Mm. Um, When we, when I was on the the trip in 2004, uh, we were in a grocery store in Mm. Kenya. And for just a few seconds, about a minute, I got separated from the, the rest of the team. And in that moment, I just had this sense of being at home in Georgia or North Carolina, going to the grocery store like it was a normal day. Mm. And it was just this really deep feeling of home that I'd never experienced before. Mm. And it was really that feeling that made me think, you know, one day I think I will 
go to the grocery store in Kenya. Like it's a normal day. Yeah. And I don't know, the Lord's, I guess he knows my personality. <laughs> he needs it. I need it to be just this gentle unfolding. Yeah. And I would say that's how it is mm-hmm. for me, the way the Lord takes me step by step, even from college to, to Kenya. Mm. It was a slow unfolding. Yeah. And I uh, love that. But again, his abiding presence through it all. Mm-hmm. When you look back, you think, wow, how did I do that? And uh, it's because he was always there. Yeah. You and I talked before also about this concept of like, you're just a real person too. Um, you you mentioned come, missionaries coming into your church when you were younger. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's like looking back on it, it seems like it may have been a really overwhelming thing, but you're just a real person who followed one step at a time, you know, following yes. Jesus. You want to speak to that for a minute? <laughs> yes, I do think that was, that's something, and I'm still grappling with it. It's um, this idea that, you know, we become superhumans yeah. when we enter ministry or we get the call to ministry. It suddenly makes us this superwoman, super person, mm. but it, it's just not the case, <laughs> yeah. you know, either that, or I'm just failing miserably. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I just think God calls ordinary people. And like his word says, he knows our weakness and he mm-hmm. knows our frailty and he knows our humanity. And yeah, he's just really faithful to be with us even in those moments Mm -hmm. and you realize that if good comes out of what you do it's mostly his faithfulness and his strength to do it um and it's a good humbling thing to happen to you you know um I think that was a big transition that we had when we went from the states to Kenya you know we left the states as these really young missionaries and you know really applauded by the American culture Mm. for you know, leaving everything and going overseas and devoting our lives to the call to ministry. And then we entered a culture that youth is not always celebrated. Mm. Um, I think for some people in the Kenyan culture, they were maybe even feeling a bit offended that such young missionaries were sent. And so we were really thrown into the opposite spectrum. But that was a good thing for us. You know, we had to learn to live there and Uh, longevity goes a long way. And, you know, to have a place to be heard, you have to just sort of um, be there for a while and earn the respect. And um, sure. Yeah, that was that was a good lesson. And humility. Yeah, that's great. What would you say to someone that's listening who feels like they have a calling that maybe feels a little bit too big or is worried about the next step? Um, What would you say to those who are who are walking through what it looks like to walk in the will of God with a call in your life to do something that feels big. I think, um, again, sometimes when you think about ministry and missions, you suddenly, your mind is transported to this exotic place <laughs> across the world. Um, and that you have to be at some spiritual level, um, hmm. to get there. But I would just encourage anyone listening to just be where you're at. Yeah. Um, I think, to get to Kenya, even from middle school, high school, there were um, parts of that journey that led me to that moment. It wasn't, uh, you don't skip the process. So I would say, be where you're at and ask the Lord to show you um, how to be in ministry right where you are, Mm -hmm. um, to your friends, to your neighbors, to the people in your local community. And it's enough and it's no less significant than if he calls you to a country across the world. Mm. Um, 
ministry is ministry. It doesn't really matter the location. And I think if he's called you to something, he will order your steps Mm -hmm. and he will open the doors and close the doors. And Mm -hmm. I would say just pray for wisdom and discernment to know the difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Calling ordinary people every day. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. I think, yeah, you, you, there's not some secret formula that you have to follow (laughs) or secret code to become like this next level Christian. Yeah. He'll use you where, where you're at and you don't have to try and be somebody else. Um, him to uh, use your life to glorify his name. Yeah. I think, um, you know, we, at least in the American church, we live in a culture where social media and influencing and, and all of these things we have to kind of come up against, but seeing the highlight picture reel of someone else's life is not something that we need to strive to attain to. We follow the voice of the Lord and what he's called us to and the race that he's called us to run. And we haven't seen all the backstory to all of the highlights of other people's lives that we tend to elevate and covet and all of those things. Um, they too probably went through a process to get to (laughs) what that highlight reel shows. Um, so yeah, I think that's just kind of referencing back to your, the process you went through all the way through middle school, high school, all those things. You don't, a a great Bible teacher, a great evangelist, a great teacher, a great nurse, a great, whatever you feel like the Lord is calling you to. You don't just step in one day and show up on the job to be a nurse, having never gone through the training and never gone through the school. Um, so, and I think that we will do that until the day, like until the day we die, but we are a work in progress. He is constantly working in us, um, in, in this life. We've never fully arrived until, <laughs> until we get to heaven. Um, so yeah. And I think too, it's this, um, at least for me, I had this unrealistic expectation that I, the end goal is to reach a certain ministry position. Mm. And I think as I, grow older, the end, the, the end result is Jesus, Yes, you know, and discovering who he is and growing in that relationship. And I don't mean that in a very super spiritual way. I mean that in a survival, that's, that's how you do it because people will let you down and ministry, uh, positions has, has its highs and lows Mm -hmm. and you're going to get jaded, but Jesus is that constant thing that's going to help you um, he's the reward Yeah, is what I'm trying to say, I think. And without him, none of it really matters. So mm. I would say, let Jesus be the end results, <laughs> not, um, a ministry position or a ministry role, mm. um, because that'll let you down. And that's not the point of all this anyway. Yeah. And he can use you wherever you're at. So exactly. again, going back to the previous point, where you are, who you are mm-hmm. is enough Yeah, in Jesus. We've got to fight that striving for the next thing. I think yes. sometimes right where our feet are planted is where he's put us. Exactly. Um, we don't need to miss it. We don't want to miss it. Mm. So Summer, thanks so much for joining us today. You're someone I admire. And even though you don't feel like you're flourishing, um, always, <laughs> um, you are, and you're an encouragement and, um, just want to bless you and bless your ministry today. Thank you. And thank you so much for sharing who you are and sharing your heart and inspiring us today. Well, thank you again for the invitation. Yep. Thanks for listening to gather women better together. 
Gather is a resource from IPHC Women. We hope that this podcast is a place of encouragement and inspiration, no matter what season of life you are in. Don't forget to subscribe. This helps us reach more women. And please leave us a review or comment. We love to hear from you. Find more episodes at IPHC.org slash gather podcast. We truly believe women are better together.